Welcome to episode 131 of Telepractice Today with Kim Dutro-Allen and Dr. Todd Houston. Welcome back to another episode of Telepractice Today. Today is going to be kind of a different and special episode. Um, We just got back from ASHA, still feeling the ASHA hangover a little bit. (laughs) Very much so. (laughs) So uh, it was really great to see all the presentations and me and Todd presented and also got to see each other in person for the first time in like... 11 years, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So we wanted to have an episode where we just kind of did a recap of some of the things we learned and where we think telepractice is going based on the convention. Yeah. Yeah. And from what I hear, there was what, uh, around 8,500 people wow. there. Um, so that's about probably a little round a half or so of what they usually get. So I think, you know, certainly COVID and and other issues are, are still impacting attendance. Mm-hmm. And they also, ASHA also had some virtual presentations as well. So I think that kept some people away uh, too. But overall, very good time. And I think I, I visited or had a chance to see about five different telepractice-related presentations. And and I can I can safely say of those presentations I saw, our presentation had the most people at, in attendance <laughs> by far, by yeah, far. Yeah, yeah, and that was exciting. I'm I'm thinking that it's I what I think is that it was something that appealed to more people than just who were very far into telepractice and mm-hmm. kind of was a I. Tr- tried to make it really practical in like things that you can go and do today instead of some of the theory. And, and not that to say that any sessions were like just the theory, but I think just in the description and things like that, it sounded approachable and that's the way that we tried to make it. So we're glad that a lot of people attended. And if you're listening for the first time, because you attended our session, Mm -hmm. welcome. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but I thought it went really well, and I was really excited by the turnout and the excitement that was in the session. Yeah, it was, and you did a great job. It was wonderful presentation and with really, like you're saying, great resources, great ideas, information for those who are doing telepractice, who are interested in telepractice, to take back with them and and hit the ground running with it. Yeah. And one thing that I seem to pick up on a little bit in the different presentations that were there was it seemed to be people we and this just might be me but i seem to pick up on people that the the, the audience was either people who are new to telepractice mm-hmm. who were just starting mm-hmm. or people who, who were sort of the old timers who've been doing it for a right, long time. Right. We we saw some familiar faces as we were sitting in the in the right. audience for a lot of them. Yep. So I'm, you know, I I'm I'm wondering what's happening with, with that middle group. Mm-hmm. You know, the 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 people who are kind of out there for a little while who's been doing it but still doing a lot of in person. Yeah. They're going to other things, I guess, and and yeah. not really focused on telepractice. 
Yeah, and there were so many good presentations to go to. Um, I did like, though, I, you know, I've been to, I haven't been to ASHA before. That was my mm. first time. Right. Um, but I have been to state conventions and other, like, week-long workshops that Utah State University puts on. And mm-hmm. this is the first time that I've been to where I didn't have to, as a telepractitioner, that I didn't have to go and sit there and be like, okay, but now I have to figure out how to do this in a different way because I'm only on telepractice or, and even those ones Mm -hmm. that weren't telepractice based, if I asked a question about telepractice, people Mm -hmm. at least had an idea of how to answer it because it wasn't like this weird thing that nobody else had done. (laughs) Right. And so that, that was really nice. I thought for the whole convention of people being aware of telepractice, even if it wasn't a telepractice session and there being sessions that were, specifically directed towards telepractice. Right, right. Easily adaptable kinds of uh, information to mm-hmm. any any service delivery model. Yeah. Well, should we jump in? Well, what was being the first time at ASHA, what was your your general reaction to to what you saw and what you experienced? Um, overwhelmed. It <laughs> <laughs> was probably the first one. Uh, so the conference center, I think someone said was about a mile long. Yeah, they said three football fields. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. something like that. And we really took up a majority of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there was one big expo center that was another conference. But as far as like Mm -hmm. the classrooms and things, uh, it was a lot to take in and a lot to choose from. I had, you know, some days where my schedule, I'd have like five that I wanted to go to that were all at the same time. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. a lot of good learning to choose from. The other thing about, I was going to say about the exhibit hall was, uh, I think there was at least five, six, if not more telepractice companies that had booths there. And so it wasn't just your big heavy hitters, Mm-hmm. Um, like, like Presence and Iluma and those that have kind of been around for a while. There were a lot right. that were some smaller companies and I was mm-hmm. really impressed with them and kind of how they're like catering to some specific needs of, you know, their community. There was one that uh, the person running it is kind of on the ground in a local mm-hmm. school district, but sourcing um, telepractitioners from all over the country to fit the needs of their school district. And so some different models than I've seen before or heard Mm -hmm. of before. And all of that was really exciting. And just the number that were in there and the presence that telepractice had (laughs) was really impressive in that room. Oh, I agree. And And I think, you know, that's what struck me as well is, is sort of telepractice was sort of front and center in terms Mm of the companies and how they were positioning themselves and, and uh, I had not seen that before in, in terms yeah. of, I, th- I think it was sort of like a, certainly uh, like a coming out party. <laughs> in one sense. Uh, but they were, they were very present. I hate, not hate, but because <laughs> there was a company called Presence. Yeah, yeah. But, it sounds uh, like that word's trademarked uh, now a little bit. <laughs> exactly, exactly. They, but they, they start, certainly had prime real estate, let's just say, yeah. within yeah. the exhibit hall. Um, and that was that was very impressive and good to mm-hmm. see, because mm-hmm. uh, before they were kind of stuck in the back and here and there and not really prominent, uh, like like that were this year. And I and I yeah. think it's it's only a testament to what you know. All those companies are growing and looking yeah. for people. Yeah. Every one of them that I talk to, they're trying to find people to work for them. Yep. Yep. So, 
that was uh, that was impressive. Yeah, so, I thought so too. So some sessions. What were some good sessions that you saw and learned from? <clears throat> well, a couple of them. Um, let's see. I was uh, in the um, let's see the session, the new technology and games for futurist clinicians, voice assistant Alexa to augmentative reality. I thought it was it was good. I, I, I they're doing research, looking at voice assistants and using Alexa, uh, and they kind of showed a little bit of that being done uh, in some sessions. How they, in a sense, programmed Alexa to to respond to a patient, and uh, that was that was very interesting. And then you know the idea too that um, they're going to do more research. This was a uh, doctor. Yao Du, and she is at um, the University of Southern California. And of course, our uh, our good friend Michelle Bouvet was there, and mm-hmm. Deanna Hughes and others. And so we talked. They talked about um, not only using Alexa and how that technology is going to continue to evolve, and how we might be able to use it in therapy and program uh, Alexa to do that but also using um, augmented reality and using uh, more and more of that kind of technology uh, to, to, you know, focus on speech and language development, kids, cognitive training, some other things. So that was exciting to see that we had some real research going on and they were trying to see where the sort of what's the next big thing that's going to be happening. Yeah. Yeah, good. Uh, speaking of Michelle, I also went to her session on um, tele-AAC, and mm-hmm. it was Michelle, Narissa Hall, and a couple people from um, Veterans Health Administration, Jennifer uh, Sudkamp, I think is part of her name. I'm going to slaughter it if I try to say the whole thing. <laughs> so, but uh, And that was really helpful for me. I have some students that are using AAC, and I've been struggling with the tele-AAC part of it. Um, And one thing that I have been thinking about since we came back, I did have a full day of sessions on Monday. And I think that a lot of times when you leave a conference or any training, you get kind of like overwhelmed with this, like, I want to go and do all of this cool stuff and I want to go do it now. Right. So if anyone else is feeling that way, post ASHA convention, uh, Um, I think the thing that helped me and the thing that I want to try and do is just start with one thing. Just take one thing that you learned and try to use it and then Mm -hmm. build on that. So one thing that I took from their session was to try and get a third camera in the room Mm -hmm. so I can see my student interacting with the device. And before I had been relying on an aide to kind of tell me, I I could hear the voice output part of it. Um, so I knew when they had pushed a button, mm-hmm. but I was, other right. than that, I was relying on the aide to tell me kind of what they were doing. So this next, the session that I had on Monday, I was like, Hey, do we have a document camera in the room? And they have some, uh, I think they work with some tele, um, occupational therapists too. So they mm-hmm. had a document camera in the room and I was like, could we set that up so I could see the device? And I feel like embarrassed to say this a little bit, but this is the first time that I've seen my student's device that I've known how it was set up and that, 
mm. you know, how they manipulated it and everything like that. And it was like really eye opening for me, but just that little change. And I know that that's something I can build on. Um, I talked to another aide about maybe taking the laptop into the sensory room that we have um, instead of bringing the students to the therapy room that's kind of not familiar to them and a little more sterile. So those are some things that I learned from that session that I was like, okay, I can't do everything right now, but I can start with this. Right. I agree. Look for that one nugget that you can readily apply. Yeah. Because yeah. it is overwhelming trying to trying to process and figure out what you want to focus on and which, which thing you want to incorporate. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is something that you'll that you've changed your practice in that sense that you're, you've yeah. added that to, and and speaking of that, that leads into another session that I had, and so your e helper at the school was willing to do that with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, I've got some great e helpers. <clears throat> great, because one of the presentations that uh, that Amy Reed. Uh, presented. This was on the last day, Saturday morning. They did a short course. Nathan Curtis and Amy Reed from uh, Waldo County General Hospital up in Maine. You know they've been doing telepractice for a long time, and their model is contracting from the hospital to school districts uh, to provide, you know, speech and language services. But one of the presentations that Amy did was strategies and approaches working with e helpers. And so what Amy has has done, uh, or what she presented in, in this presentation, was she has some e-helper character types. <laughs> oh, I like it. <laughs> so I thought I would mention these and see if you've experienced some of these. Okay. 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 So one is the quiet observer. Mm-hmm. Sits back, uh, doesn't get involved or offer feedback, only responds if you directly interact with them yep yep had that one (laughs) yep for sure then you then she said another type is the rescuer okay this one uh over supports the the student oh yes answers uh prompts uh directed at the student uh and provides additional prompts and cues to the student to help them be successful yep yep um Yes, I have that. I have had that more with my like one-on-one aides that are mm-hmm. kind of the a para that comes with that specific student than I've had with the kind of like always there e-helper person. But yes, I have seen that too. And in parents, I've seen that too, especially oh, yeah. you have to direct them really well when you're doing something like an evaluation. So they're not jumping in to try and help. Right. She also describes the interrupter the interrupter (laughs) tends to dominate sessions okay uh provides additional prompts and cues uh and inadequate pause time yep then she's also uh, experienced the saboteur this is the person who has negative transition talk he's had a bad day i don't think he's gonna do well today (laughs) And negative feedback. You got it wrong. Oh, no. (laughs) And maybe overly concerned with the technical aspects of the session. Right. Right. And then the last one she had was uh, 
the swimmer, and this was probably more during COVID, um, having, uh, I guess, swimming back and forth between how she, the person reacts. But in one sense, uh, at one point, uh, almost being uh, exhibiting avoidance behavior to being very enthusiastic, yeah. uh, providing kind of supportive feedback to being also providing harsh feedback. <laughs> um, maybe schizophrenic may be the best. That's what, that's what I was going to say is mm-hmm. I, a lot of these ones that you've been describing, I've seen mm-hmm. in some of the same people, depending <laughs> on on the session, the child, the day, right. you know, everything that was going on. So right. I, um, and I have one more type is like the non-existent. <laughs> oh, the non-existent, the ghost, so I don't the, know. the I, invisible the, one. The, the invisible e-helper, <laughs> the ones where, and the, the ones where I like am texting, you know, a, a secretary in the office being like, someone please come help. Right. <laughs> or right. this kid hasn't shown up and. You know, just the structure of some schools, that's how it happens. And sometimes, you know, if you have a high school and they don't need someone sitting there all the time, they have someone nearby, it's not ideal, but it works. So mm-hmm. that would be my other type is the the ghost. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was what was good about that presentation? And, and so they tag teamed and Nathan Curtis also talked about some things and you know what she what what Nathan focused on <clears throat> was a little bit different but you know covering similar uh, information but what Nathan kept stressing was that this is a partnership between yeah. the the remote clinician and the school right. and and he said you know when you can if you if it's possible to go visit everyone in person uh, at least once uh, but at the end of the day it's a partnership and right. and and it's not about the technology it's about right. providing really great services to these children right and when they get so hung up on the technology aspect of it that they're not they're missing the bigger point mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so what, he, yeah yeah i was going to add to that um i think that a lot of people think that you can't form the same kind of partnership that you can if you're in person, but that's, we've said this before, but that's not what we found. I had mm-hmm. a, a special ed director that texted me to just clarify something odd, an IEP meeting that they had to hold while I was gone. And then she asked, you know, how is your, how's your conference going? And I let her know about the tele-AAC session. I sent her mm-hmm. some other trainings that were from Narissa Hall. Uh, there was another um, amazing session that was, oh, SLPs as gatekeepers mm-hmm. with Jordan Zimmerman. If you mm-hmm. look her up, if you haven't heard of her and don't know who she is, but she is uh, someone who uses AAC and I told, and there's a movie about her life and I sent the link to my special ed director and she's like, oh, that'd be awesome. We should all like sit down and watch it together. And I said, yeah, it'd be great if the paras that are the one-on-one aides could come too. I was like, I'll bring the popcorn, you know? <laughs> so, so, and I, and I hope that will actually happen and I'll push for it to actually happen. But just that collaboration of her even asking me, how's your conference going? Me telling right. her I'm going to this conference. That's why I'm going to be gone. And I'm presenting on tele 
practice, um, I think forms those partnerships and, you know, tell, so go back, tell your schools, Hey, I learned this really cool thing at Mm -hmm. my sessions that I went to. Um, is it something that we could work together to try and implement? Right. Exactly. So were there other sessions that you, that stood out to you? Yes. There was one on Saturday that was reinvent your global perspective, explore the possibilities with international telepractice. And that was by uh, Tara Roel. Roel? (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. which I was, I had to look up. She's from Speechy Keen Speech Therapy. And Mm -hmm. I had to look up in our past episodes and be like, have we had Tara on yet? Why have we not had Tara on yet? Mm -hmm. So she's on my list, but she is a speech language pathologist that is, has a full caseload of students in Hong Kong. And so she talked about some of the licensing things. She was very clear as she picked a couple of countries to use as examples, but she was very clear and thorough on some of the things that you have to go through for licensing. And I so many times see like people not know where to go or who to talk to or, give like vague answers or Mm -hmm. not even know that you have to have a license in the country. If you're practicing from the States and you're in doing telepractice to another country. So that was really great too. And then just some of the, like, I don't know, the soft skills Mm -hmm. of telepractice in another country, talking about the culture and Mm -hmm. the fact that she doesn't read her local news. She reads the news that is local to her kids to know what they're going through and what's going on. And a lot of that, I think, also applies when you're doing telepractice anywhere that you don't live. (laughs) So, and I've said this before, I always make sure I follow all of my school's social media accounts. Sometimes that's the only way I find out things like, hey, there's an assembly Mm -hmm. today, or it's a homecoming parade, so we're having a half day. (laughs) Right. But other than just like knowing the schedule of things, I think knowing the culture of things and talking to your um, your people that are on the ground, too, about that. I've had uh, one of my aides who's really great in Idaho. She took a picture for me of like the little valley where they live, and it really helped Mm -hmm. me picture it. And then I'm Mm -hmm. more culturally sensitive to things like the other day when I asked my student to name three restaurants. And I don't know if there's any in his town, (laughs) so he couldn't name any. (laughs) So Mm. just things like that, I think we're very applicable no matter where you are. Um, But just her excitement for being able to take her expertise to the people that need it, no matter where they are, I think was just, it was contagious. So that was really Mm. great session. Yeah, we we definitely needed to get her on and, and to learn more about that international service delivery because because mm-hmm. i think you know some people i've heard people say in presentations you don't need a license which i think is is bull right um and they'll say well what are you going to do they're going to come arrest you here in the states <laughs> no they're not but you know you still want to be ethical right so, and, right. and and check those things out and and we don't want telepractice to start to have a bad name that right. uh, because people aren't doing it ethically we're we're protective of it here. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm glad she's reinforcing that too. So we'll definitely reach out to her and have have her uh, on as soon as we can. Yeah. So any others stand out? Oh, 
There were some that were not exactly telepractice related. Um, I went to a great one on reframing your marketing and growing your private practice. Mm -hmm. Some Mm -hmm. other, um, you know, private practice related ones. We talked to in the exhibit hall, I talked to the independent clinician. She's Mm going to come up on the podcast too. And Mm -hmm. I think just that, that thought of specializing in something. Mm -hmm. And I talked to just another colleague that we had worked together somewhere else. And she's kind of, you know, bogged down with working in the schools and wants to specialize, but doesn't, is a little wary of telepractice. But I was talking to her about how telepractice can let you specialize because Mm -hmm. you can do the one thing that you're good at. You can pick the thing that you're good at. Like Amy Graham, Amy only does speech sound disorders and, that um, then you're not limited by how many kids that are in my one area are going to have mm-hmm. this one thing that I want to specialize in. Uh, when you have that, you know, that I can pull kids from anywhere. I can you know, license in other states if I need to, to get that caseload that is my ideal caseload. So I think mm-hmm. those were some great, you know, kind of ideas that I wanted to take back and into implement in, some of my, you know, private practice things instead of contracting with the schools that I've done before. Yeah, that's that's exciting. You yeah. get those ideas about y- yep. your own private practice. Yeah. And how to grow and market and do more. Mm-hmm. Well, it was great being in New Orleans and um it was a great convention. Yes. It was great being in the same room same so same, same um <laughs> orbit with <Yes>. you <laughs> <laughs> and that's uh, that actually was something else i was going to talk about if you uh-huh. i think it's even more important when you are a telepractitioner and you're doing mm-hmm. it independently and you are at your house or in your office all day mm-hmm. long mm-hmm. to create your own co- co-workers and i've seen other people post mm-hmm. about this who like maybe do like blog posts or work primarily online even if they're not telepractitioners is you kind of have to create your own co-workers and i think being in person with everybody seeing other people that do the same thing i do connecting mm-hmm. with other people was a chance for me to create my own co-workers because yeah. you know Amy Graham had something about this the other day where she's like, I've won employee of the month every month this year. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just me. <laughs> well, so. I, I think, yeah, I agree with you. I think there is something to sort of finding your tribe and yeah. and being a part of something and, and knowing that these are people that understand where you're coming from and understand right. what you're you know, some of the challenges as well as some of the triumphs that, mm-hmm. that come mm-hmm. come our way doing this kind of work. And so that was good to be a part of that. And none of us have really traveled in three years. So exactly. uh, it's it's great to to be in the same place with people and interact with them and say hello and, and yeah. meet people for the first time as well. And and that's all that was all really want really, really wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So we're already planning for Boston. We'll yes, be there next year. Come find us, come see us and uh you know be a part of it because it's really exciting. And we'll we'll probably definitely exhibit next year. So yeah. I'll plant that seed now. Um saying it publicly. So we'll we'll <laughs> we'll exhibit and we'll be in the exhibit hall and we'll probably submit some for presentations as well. See if they get accepted and yeah. uh, have a fun time. Sounds great. And so 
as we wrap up and um this is thanksgiving week and this uh this will air we're recording uh wednesday night before thanksgiving um tomorrow and uh this will air right after thanksgiving but i am extremely thankful for you and everything you do for this podcast and and being such a wonderful friend to me and uh i just wanted you to know how much you mean to me and i just really appreciate you and I am in awe of what you do. I really am. So thank you for being a part of all this with me. And uh, I look forward to even more. Yeah. Thank you. And all of the same to you. And thank you for 3C Digital Media and creating this opportunity for us to reach more people and let more people know about telepractice. Yeah. And so we'll be back next week, everyone, with another episode. We'll have a new interviewee a new guest not sure who that will be yet uh, but we'll get someone on the hook and uh, we'll be back next week with that episode see you then this has been a production of the 3c digital media network